Hi, I'm Mike. And I'm Dave. And join us every Thursday for a new episode of Two Player Bros, a podcast about two guys who play way too many video games. Join me and Dave as we talk about the latest in Xbox, PlayStation, PC, and VR news, previews, and reviews. We have it all, and we play it all. And join us every other week for Post Game, where we play through and dive deep into our favorite modern classics and new releases. That's Two Player Bros, available every Thursday wherever you get your podcast. part of the Forgotten Entertainment family. Hey, it's Andrew Morgan, host of the NOMCAST, the Netflix original movie podcast. Each week we preview and review the biggest Netflix original movies with special guests from the film industry, the music industry, comedians, and of course our fellow critics and podcasters. The NOMCAST is available on nomcastpod.com or wherever you get your podcasts, on the socials at nomcastpod, and is a part of the Forgotten Entertainment family. John Roos says you got a Lincoln level. I told you, jackass, go hee-haw someplace else. Abraham Lincoln, the President of the United States? Yes. Of America? Yes. It is time for the penultimate episode of On the QT here at Forgotten Entertainment. I'm John. And I'm Lloyd. With us today, the boss, Mike Field from Forgotten <laughs> Entertainment. Mike, how you doing? Good. How are you? Very good. Thanks for having me. You know, uh, Lloyd mentioned something when you came in. It's been a while since we've seen you in person. Yes. You know, we've kept in touch over the last year and a half through COVID. Uh, we met you right before COVID, technically, right? We recorded a couple episodes and then the world went to shit. Yes, indeed. Yeah. And he, uh, Lloyd said he forgot how tall you were. You yeah, were, you're a yeah. I forgot you were like seven foot two, man. <laughs> yeah. We can't get the scale on that little screen. No. Yeah. When, I, when we do a Zoom episodes with you, you're much, you're much, you fit much better into a small box on the screen. <laughs> What's going on with you, man? How's everything going? Uh, doing well, you know. I'm good. How's everything at Forgotten Entertainment right now? Uh, busy. You know, just kind of, you know, we've got all the shows and kind of handle that. We help, you know, the on the QT and then we have, you know, the DC animated podcast, yep. working with them. We just wrapped up yet another Star Wars podcast and kind of working with Bohemian Geek Studies and just, I don't know, it's just kind of like always putting out content. You know, I'm right now running the Forgotten Entertainment uh, social uh, page or Instagram page, which is not fantastic because it's like, you know, I'm also doing the Forgotten Cinema one. So it's just kind of like, you know, it's a little, it's tough, but yeah. I'm trying to stay with it. Yeah. Social media is important to a uh, podcast. But, it, it is. Yeah. Yeah. But you got to wonder to what depth, you that's, know, like that's what I honestly, that's the questioning that I keep questioning myself yeah. now is just like, cause we don't forgotten cinema kind of step back from Twitter. Um, I th- should too. Cause you know, I realized that if, if I had as many, even if I had a quarter, as many listens, I have followers. Yeah. I'd be a much bigger show. Yeah. Right. We'd be I, a much bigger yeah, show I, over I, at Pine of Comics. And yeah, but you'll yeah. die if you're not on social media. So. Yeah. No, no. You got to stay out there for some reasons. I like Instagram. Well, we're so, I mean, we do movies and that's a visual medium. So I don't mind using like Instagram helps. It's helpful with that. You know, post all that stuff. But like Twitter, I asked you, remember, I think I messaged you like, do you, can you equate your tweets with whatever, you know, listens and stuff like that? I just, I can't can't justify it. And I can be totally honest. Besides that, I could tweet something on Twitter and get two likes from the same people repeatedly, or, you know, someone else might jump in or friends might retweet it. I could put something on Instagram and get 30. Yeah. It seems like people are more engaged 
because like you said, it's a visual medium. Yeah. Um, like, like for example, I love like what you guys do and we do it to an extent too. Like, you know, your little now watching things, on yeah. your stories and stuff. Yeah. I think that's cool. Yeah. It gives me as a listener, I listen to forgotten cinema, an idea of what episodes are coming up. Yep. I'm like, Oh shit, they're going to be doing, um, virtuosity or they're doing whatever it might be. Right. You know? And then I, I make fun of you for watching virtuosity, <laughs> <laughs> which I know on your virtuosity episode, I know you were talking about me. I, there was a point where you were like, uh, well, someone we know is giving a shit. And I'm like, I'm, even though that was like, 10 weeks ago, I'm pretty certain that was uh, me. It probably was. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we don't care. No, it's it's I, fine. Well, I think that's fun, though. I think yeah, that's part no, of the interaction, yeah. you know? Instagram well, I'm glad thing. you do it because I'm just not into it. I don't even freaking Instagram my own art. So. <laughs> you, you need to, man. Yeah. Well, yeah, you do a great job with the art. For I keep stuff. crediting you on the... Uh, uh, on the QT stuff, I, I make sure. Yeah, that that's I, where I yeah. see my stuff is on yours. <laughs> <laughs> I, I put it on thank ours you, too. By the way. I put no it on ours too. Yeah. I, I always retweet and all that stuff or whatever. What's a re-Instagram call? They uh, a share? A regram? A regram? I don't know. There you I, go. I, I, maybe I made that <laughs> up. new term right here. Regram. <laughs> regram. All right, Manster. Uh, penultimate episode. What uh, is the second to last of the current? Quentin Tarantino movies that we're talking about tonight. The second to last of the current Quentin Tarantino movies we're talking tonight is Hateful Eight. That's right. Hateful Eight. You want to give us a bumper sticker real quick on this one? You know, you always go to me for the bumper stickers. Because I know you have it. Because you know I have it. (laughs) And usually I can put together words that are pretty succinct and do it. This one took a while. I think I got it. It's not quite one sentence, but uh, it's check it out. (laughs) All right. So in the post-American Civil War era, in the heart of Wyoming... A host of unlikely stagecoach traveling companions find shelter from a blizzard in a cabin inhabited by four dubious strangers, creating a highly volatile situation where eight hateful souls must endure each other's suspicions and prejudices. Yeah, that's good. Boom. Nice. That works. It's a little wordy. That's a, that's a long bumper. It's a long bumper, but it still works. Yeah. It still works. Now, there's a couple things. Like, Let's just dig right into this movie right off the bat. There's a couple things about this film comparatively to other Tarantino films that are unique or very interesting. Kind of like, you know, Death Proof was part of Grindhouse. First things first, this movie should never have been made because the script leaked. Yeah. Right? He didn't want to do it. He didn't want to do it. Yeah. He wrote this out and uh, somehow the script ended up online and everybody on earth had a chance to see it if they wanted to, right? Or, you know, so many people saw it. Yeah. And from that point forward, he said, no, we're not doing it. But, But Field, do you know what happened that caused them to to kind of decide to do this. Well, they had a script read. Yes. And then like the actors were like, no, you you need to do this movie. Samuel L. Jackson in particular <laughs> said, there's no way you can't do this. Yeah. Yeah. No. And what his initial thought was, was he was going to just rejigger the script into a novel. Right. And release it as a novel and then move on to whatever his next movie would have been, whether that be Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, I don't know. Do you know it was supposed to be a sequel to Django? Django in White Hell. I, yeah, yeah, I did hear that. Yeah. Yeah, I was doing some research on this one. Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be honest. This is one of the few, uh, along with Django, I had only seen once. This viewing for both of those movies for this show were only my second time seeing these things. Yeah, same uh, here. So, yeah. So, digging into that, Django in White Hell, originally supposed to be an older Django after the Civil War, because obviously the first one was uh, was pre. Was it pre or right after the first one? It was pre. Pre, correct. Yeah, obviously. Yeah. And the other thing that makes this uh, pretty interesting and honestly, I'm not a filmophile or a cinephile in terms of like the technical aspect. Field probably knows more about it. Yeah, than our I boss do. man is. Boss man is. He's, a, he's, he's, a, he's directed stuff. He's a director and a like writer. <laughs> Seventy millimeter, right? Yeah. So this this movie has lived in three different formats. Mm-hmm. There was a 70 millimeter roadshow version that yep. came out originally. I saw. You saw that? Did you? Yes. Where'd, oh, you wow. where'd you go? Uh, New Rochelle. They played it at the Regal in New Rochelle. I okay. went with my buddy Adrian and uh, it was awesome. 
We loved it. We, like we keep talking. We always talk about that. Remember when we went to that road show? And like, yep, that was really. So talk bad. about the road show. Yeah. So basically, I I couldn't tell you at what point, like what footage I saw that's not in what we had seen. Yeah. But there is like seven to eight minutes of extra footage. Huh. But there's also there's a intermission. Mm-hmm. And during the intermission, they're playing the score. Like they're playing the like they have a little stagecoach on screen. It's like and the lights come up. You go cool. look out, and then you're, they're playing the score. And then when we went there, they gave us a pamphlet, uh, kind of like a kind of like a playbill, and it's got like images from the movie and stuff like that. And very just, cool. You know, it was it, very sweet. It was it was. So at really what point fun. was the intermission? Oh man, I can't remember. I mean, that's a three hour version, three hours seven minutes. Uh, that's what the roadshow was, but I don't remember when. It right. it, it probably was before. The it, I want to say it was maybe before like the uh, the coffee getting poisoned that kind of thing like yep. that secret okay because that's kind of like a break right there so right. probably right around that. the story that Sam Jackson told yeah about yeah the song. yeah that, that might have been like the ending yeah yeah and then it comes out in the regular you know theatrical release and then it comes out on Netflix as like a four part yeah miniseries yeah right like four fifty and it's longer on Netflix I. I didn't do it because I wanted it to be pure for this. I almost watched that in my viewing of this. Yeah, I wanted to do that myself. To kind but. of see what might be the differences. And I'm I'm going to go back and eventually watch it. It's yep. four 50-minute episodes. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm curious as to what the difference is. And I, I didn't read into it too much. I didn't want to start, like, you know, throwing that in my brain as to what the differences were here. Um, but, yeah, so this movie's kind of had a couple different lives. Mm-hmm. Going from a movie that should never have been made to a movie that's been re- redone three different ways. Um, December 27th, 2015 comes out. It was filmed between December 8th, 2014 and April 25th of 2015. Filmed in Los Angeles, Telluride, Colorado, uh, and the San Miguel Mountains in Colorado. That's where a lot of the outdoor stuff was. So, Manster, let's get into our cast of characters in this one. Because we have we def- we have at least eight. We know that. <laughs> yeah, but eight. yeah, there's a little more. Uh, so we've got Samuel L. Jackson as Major Marquis Warren, a bounty hunter and former Civil War Union cavalry major. <laughs> he's yes, bounty- that's it. He's a bounty <laughs> hunter. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah he's yeah, a bounty yeah. hunter. Like I said, he's yeah. a bad man. He's uh, he's uh, openly suspected in the north of just wanting to kill white people. He, right. Yeah. We yeah. find that out in the stagecoach ride. Yeah, this is his sixth, uh, sixth and final. So far. So far, yeah. Uh, His sixth appearance, one way, shape, or form in a Tarantino movie, because he was... Uh, he narrates. He narrates an Inglorious Bastard. Yeah. One, one scene, yeah. Yep. Then we have Kurt Russell as John Ruth, the hangman. He's also a bounty hunter, and he's called the hangman because he takes his bounties alive so they can hang. It is yeah. a huge plot point in this movie yep. Yep. that his dedication to justice and seeing justice through That's right. uh, be... Be done at all costs. He is he is brutal. He has no reservations as to smash a woman right in the face. Are you a woman? She's a criminal. Are you a woman? Uh, <laughs> John Ruth is going to punch you in the fucking mouth. Uh, Kurt Russell. Uh, so Kurt Russell is a, like an all time favorite for so many people. Yeah, and he's a genre hero. You know, Jack Burton, uh, McCready in the Thing, Snake fucking Pliskin, yep. and you know, and then there was a good long period of his career when he got older. Where he did stuff, but he kind of like mellowed out, you know, like, you know, you guys did breakdown and, yep. you know, good stuff. But he kind of like he there wasn't really something that you felt like he could sink his teeth into right. heavily. And this is the one this comes along. He is he is fucking full bore 
in he's this also movie. got a mustache that Sam Elliott would be jealous my of. My lord, that I was I was looking at it, and you know how a lot of times when you see mustaches or beards in movies, you go, you know, is that a, a fake piece? Is this is not fake? <laughs> that is Kurt fucking Russell all the way. <laughs> We're just gonna sleep on three thousand miles to Graceland. I hate that movie. <laughs> yeah, but he's good in it. God, I never want to be reminded of that movie. Here's the thing: <laughs> uh, we made the case on our breakdown episode for Forgotten Cinema uh, that he's never bad in anything. No, no, you're could right. Be a bad movie, and he's always good. And I will say this: go back and watch the uh, casino scene when they're shooting up the place. It's actually not that bad. Okay, I saw it in the theaters when it came out, and I remember. I hear you. No, no, it. I don't. I don't love it. Yeah, but he, but that the shoot up scene is actually pretty good. Yeah, yeah. I you never I, saw that one. Yeah, it's Costner and him, which you yeah. would hope would be a better movie. You know, because no matter what you say about Costner, he's pretty good too. He is. Absolutely. You know, Costner, I, I like him. A lot of people give Costner shit. He he might be a little more flat, but he's still very good. Yeah. He's awesome. Yeah. I don't know about him that, but he's awesome. <laughs> All right. Then we have Jennifer Jason Lee as Daisy Domergue. Uh, she is an apparent murderer. I say this because, I mean, what proof do we have that she's a murderer other than they say it? This whole mo- that's this whole movie. Yeah, I, I like the way uh, Manic says her name, Donergoo. Yeah, Donergoo. <laughs> you know, I had a question about that because we'll get to it in a second. But later on, when they introduce her brother, his he- last name appears to be totally different. Yeah, but they don't ever reference. She calls him by the wrong last name compared okay. to her last name. Yeah. All right, he's got the same what, what, name. What, in my what list, was the but- last name? Uh, what is his name? His name is uh, Jody. It's like Domerigo or yeah. something, or Domeringo. Yeah, yeah. and it's- I'm like. Are, did they forget? It just has a weird spelling. Who knows? Yeah. She certainly says it a different way than yeah. said by Kurt Russell the whole time. Yeah. It's the name of the gang. Too. Yeah. And yeah. The, yeah. The gang is called the same thing. Yeah. yeah. And she uh, can certainly take a punch, man. <laughs> she's really good. I she's think, she's so um, good. In this. I, everyone. I mean, she's overshadowed by a lot of the other stuff yeah. that's going on. The, the whole movie itself. And then, you know, Russell and Jackson, but um, and Goggins. Goggins is good. But um, she's really good in this movie. You absolutely fucking hate her in this movie because she's just. She's like, she's one of those like annoying fucking people that like is constantly prodding and constant. And then oh, yeah. when, when we get to the end, when she kind of gets the upper hand, yeah. you know, you're glad to see her teeth getting knocked she's, out. <laughs> she spits on the letter by, from Abe Lincoln. Yeah. 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 <laughs> you got a letter from Abraham yeah. Lincoln. Yeah. That was a good scene. Uh, then we have Walton Goggins, as you said, as Chris Mannix. Now remember what I say about Walton Goggins every time we talk about He's him. all teeth and eyes. All eyes, all teeth. <laughs> uh, he is a former Mannix marauder. Uh, Soon to be appointed sheriff of Red Rock. That's mm-hmm. where they're going. Uh, the Mannix Marauders were basically a lost cause state militia uh, who ransacked towns and killed innocent civilians and African Americans. Mm-hmm. He is great in this movie. He's great in everything. I've loved him since Justified. I, you know, he was in like House of a Thousand Corpses. He's been in other things. He was on Fat Man. Uh, I never saw that. Oh, was that good? Yeah, it's not Sons that bad. Of Anarchy. Yeah. Yeah. He was on. He was on um, the, the Shield, Shield. The yep. Shield, which I've never seen, but I know is very popular. Django but, Unchained. Yep. And yeah, and obviously stuff like Django. But yeah, I've always liked him. He has got. He's got a charisma and a way about him that's just fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Very co- a confidence in what he does. Yes. Yep. And he looks like a chicken. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> and he does not make a good looking uh, hooker. No, Sons of no, Anarchy. Yeah. Not really. No. Not really. Uh, I'm not sure how to pronounce this guy's name, so forgive me if it's wrong. Uh, Damien Bashir. Yep. As Marco the Mexican in slash Senor Bob. Senor Bob. Yeah, he's the guy who goes out to the stables, uh, you know, to stable the horses with um, Sam Jackson. Are you calling me a liar? He's <laughs> hey, doing pretty good. Yeah, you know, they talk about Minnie, and it's his conversation with him that gives Sam Jackson his uh, suspicions about everybody in there. 
in, yep. the, in the script, he was uh, written as a Frenchman, I think. Yeah. And they changed it to Bob the Mexican. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he was nominated as Best Actor in a movie called A Better Life. He was also in Alien Covenant and Chi and a whole other, a lot of things. Godzilla vs. King Kong. Godzilla Kong. He was Kong, like the yeah. bad guy. In there. Did you ever see the TV shows in The Bridge? Yeah, The Bridge. Yep. Yeah, I saw a little I've heard of that. that's great. I've never seen that. Yeah, yeah. I don't think it, only a couple seasons. It didn't yeah. last long. Yeah. Uh, then we have Tim Roth as English Pete Hickox. Uh, you know him in the movie as Oswaldo Mowbray. <laughs> He claims to be the actual hangman of Red Rock. Now, did um, anybody else feel that this role was intended for fucking what's his name? Christoph Waltz. I know that it was actually for Eli Roth or I'm sorry, not Eli Roth. I'm, I know Roth. it was for Tim Roth. But like you can picture Christoph Waltz just mm. in this role. I, 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 re- I think it's too small of a role for him, though. No, I don't think so. I don't might, think so. Might be too on the nose for him. Yeah, maybe yeah. that's what it is. Yeah, yeah, it could be. And this is, I think, Tim Roth's first uh, Tarantino thing since Pulp Fiction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. He, he had disappeared for quite a long time. In quite similar situation as well. Yeah, mm-hmm. we'll yep. get into that. Yeah, uh, you know, he's got a nice disposition. He greets the newcomers. He offers coffee. He explains the justice uh, frontier uh, mm-hmm. justice. Kick the door open. Yeah, <laughs> that's a lot of good stuff there. That whole kick the door open. Um, then we have Michael Madsen as Joe Gage, also Grouch Douglas. Did you know that? Did you know that name? Grouch Douglas? Yeah. I did not. Oh, that's his uh, that's gang his, name? That's his gang name. Nice. Yep. Or his real name. Another one of Jody's gang. Those last three I mentioned, they're all in Jody's gang. Did you notice, like, this movie came out in 2015, and I was thinking about this movie the other day when I was kind of writing my notes, and I thought, he brings Madsen back, like, every 11 years or 12 years. Yeah. Reservoir Dogs disappears. Reservoir Dogs is uh, 92. Disappears, uh, 04, Kill Bill. Kill Bill. Right? And then 15, he comes back again. Yeah. He, he he just picks him up every once in a while and says, <laughs> you want to be in every other third of my movies? <laughs> do you remember when they were going to do the Vega Brothers? Yeah. 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 They both aged out of that one pretty quickly. Yeah. Madsen said some hard living. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Madsen was recently. This is how you know things aren't good for him. There was like a pretty well-made. It was really well-made, but it was a fan-made Batman film. Yeah. And Madsen plays. Uh, oh, boy. Oh fuck the cop! Uh, back can't can't think of his name off the top of my head. But the oh, the gruff cop, Bullock? not Gordon. Gordon. The the gruff fucking cop that uh, yeah, Harvey Harvey Bullock? Uh, Harvey Bullock. Yeah, he plays Harvey Bullock in this fan made movie. Mm. So you know that things aren't going great. For okay, him. yeah, yeah. Right. it came out this year. That's too bad. Yeah. See what you're saying there. Uh, then we have Bruce Dern as General Sanford Sandy Smithers, <laughs> a uh, Civil War ex Confederate officer. Avowed racist, uh, executed scores of black Union soldiers, and he has an unfortunate son. Or does he? We'll get to that. We'll get to that. <laughs> yeah. And then we have James Parks as OB. He's the stagecoach driver. Well, James Parks, is he, is he someone that I should recognize or is he just like a, an actor? Well, he's Michael Parks' son. And he's, they've been. Is he in, number one son from yeah. the other movies? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's been in like three oh, or four. Oh, okay. Yep. Fucking A. I didn't know. He was not... in Kill Bill. He was in, I think, Death Proof. Right? Yeah, he's in Death Proof. Yeah. He's in. Um... They're probably all friends. Yeah. 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 Okay. Zoe Bell is in it as Six Horse Judy. Gene Jones as Sweet Dave. Sweet Dave. Sweet Dave has a minor role, but pretty important. He's a he, fixture at Minis. He's the um, gas attendant. And No Country for Old Men, right? Holy shit. You know, there's a scripted, but not ever mentioned. Sweet Dave and Minnie are supposed to be an ex-slave yeah, and a slave master uh, yeah. who he apparently, you know, uh, falls in uh, love with, falls in love with yeah. and and feels bad or whatever yeah. mm-hmm. and and buys her the place and, you know, and basically gives it to her as reparations. Mm-hmm. It's okay. not it's not in the movie, but right. yeah, uh, a couple more Channing Tatum 
I like Channing Tatum, but I can never look at him without just thinking of him saying something like that. Yo, what's up, girl? I'm a magic Mike. <laughs> nice. Yeah, he's uh, Daisy's brother in this. Did you ever see Hail Caesar? No. Uh, so that's the Coen brothers, but yeah, he, yeah. Play, he plays like a, he's an actor, but he's also like a, a Russian spy, but he's in musicals and like they have a whole, they do a whole musical number. Like they're shooting it in Hollywood, but they're doing the musical number and he's like, they're a bunch of sailors and they're singing about how there's no dames. It's really good. Yeah. He's really good. He, he's like I said, uh, like the 21 Jump Street movie and the, and the sequel. He's great in. Yeah. You know, he's funny. That was yeah. unexpectedly good. Yeah. And yeah. you also, I mean, he is, we'll get to it, but he's a secret in this movie. You don't know yeah, he's in right. it until the very end. Did you ever see Logan Lucky? No, but no, I want to see that. If you like Ocean's Eleven, it's like a a, a poor man's Ocean's like a hillbilly, Steven, Steven right? Soderbergh, yeah. but it's, Daniel it's, Craig, right? Yeah, yeah, and it's really fun. Adam Driver, it's funny, and he's good in it. He's really good in it. All right, I'm I, I definitely right. recommend. Yeah, that. I'll be checking that out. And the last one that sort of brings the movie down a bit: Quentin Tarantino as a narrator. Yeah, I'm not a fan of that. But we it's can, weird. We can, we can get into it's that. It's a little weird. Yeah. yeah, I don't. I'm. Well, I can get into it right now. I don't. I never. I don't like it when. They do voiceovers like out of nowhere and Tarantino does it. It's a lot. certainly out of nowhere. And it pops in like an hour and a half into the movie or whatever like that. And it's just like, why, why are we, what is this? Like, it, Why are we it, doing this? It throws me off all the time. Why can't you just show it rather yeah. than just say yeah. what you're showing? Or, or just <laughs> do the voiceover throughout or start it off or at right. least, you know what I mean? Right. I get Be why consistent the, with yeah. whatever you do. I get why the voiceover is there. Oh no, I get it. But yeah. what you're saying, I, I would just assume either have it all the way through. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. But that's a personal preference. This movie, when Tarantino made this, he told all the actors to watch one movie only. Yep. The Thing. Yep. John Carpenter's The Thing. He said there was only two movies that he gave everybody as reference. John Carpenter's The Thing and Reservoir Dogs. This movie is an old school locked room mystery with a bunch of characters that you don't know any of their true... What's the word? Their their true motive. Everyone is suspicious. Everyone's su- yeah. suspicious of everyone else. Mm-hmm. Right now, I'll just go around right off the bat and ask you: Do you, Mike? Do you like movies like that? Oh, totally. I mean, it's I, I write, so it's like a, it would be an awesome stage play. Yeah. So that's kind of what I was. I'm okay once they were in Haberdashery and they're talking. I'm I'm I love it. I'm in my element. There, you're so. you're you're not opposed. No. To three hours in one locale. Absolutely not. No. Okay. Because you've got great characters and right. you've got people working off of each other and you've got a lot. And they're, you know, it's not just expositional story. Like the whole Sam Jackson story is just like, you know, when he's talking to Smithers about his son and she's right. just kind of like, yes, you know, you're, I I love it. All right. Man, sir, you feel the same way? Are you yeah, okay no, with I'm, it? I'm totally okay with it. You know, it's got the good dialogue to keep it rolling. It's got great performances. Yep. Uh, I don't mind that you really don't know the motivations or who everybody is. It's just part of the whole mystery of the film. Yeah. Yeah. Did you at any point while watching this, he just kind of said it because I thought it feel like you're watching a play. Oh, yeah. 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 Oh, you can definitely see this. Like you can imagine this being yeah. on a stage. Well, it'd be awesome. It'd yeah. be awesome to do. It'd be awesome yeah. to see. I'd love that. Yeah. I mean, you could just you'd have to rework some stuff. I'm always surprised that they haven't done that. Yeah. Right. Well, he's probably got to give permission. And, yeah. You know, he's probably not going to. If yeah. He doesn't. Yeah. Unless he could do it himself. Well, you never know. Yeah. Did, oh, <laughs> I, we were talking about it before the whatever. Did you know that Vin Diesel's okay with a Fast and Furious musical on stage? Oh, good for that. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. I I didn't mean to tangent off No, but you know what? You know what the one rule he has with it is as long as the people who make it are family. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> I apologize. No, that's fine. Anytime we can talk about the Fast and the Furious here on, on the QT, it's a better it's a better day. <laughs> this is a fresh smelling towel. I have to say, I, nice. it's clean, very yeah. clean. I, made I, sure. I noticed I didn't get one. Yeah, you, you know, I, I didn't get a sweat thing. I was that's gonna to give you one, but I'm like, here. You I, can use the other side. <laughs> It's one of those moments. I'm like, do I give Phil the sweat towel? Will he feel comfortable having a clean towel of mine? No, like I will just sweat through my no, shirt for you, Just use your shirt. Just I'm lift gonna, the shirt up. Just expose the belly. Get you a sweat towel. Anyways, um, <laughs> so these characters all end up uh, there. Let's go through real quick. Let's go through what each character's motivation or reason for being at sure. Minnie's Haberdashery are. Yeah. So let's start off in the same order you went with the cast. Why is General Marquis Warren there? He's got a bunch of bodies that he's going to take in for his bounty. Right. Mm -hmm. And the reason they're all stuck there is because there is a huge blizzard. Yep. Yep. Right. And the blizzard is not only uh, a cramp in the characters that don't know what's going on in terms of like what's actually going on here, but it's kind of what causes what's going on here to happen. Yeah. Uh, The, the, there's a, there's, there's something nefarious happening. Characters that are pulling it off are stuck in the haberdashery right. the, because of the, the storm wasn't part of the plan. The storm wasn't right. part of the plan. Right. And that's also what's pushing some of these other characters into the haberdashery. Correct. Uh, okay. Well, John Ruth is on a stagecoach on his way to bring Daisy Domergue to Red Rock, the town. Yep. And they have to stop there due to it. Daisy Domergue is going because she's being brought in by John Ruth. Chris Mannix is caught basically walking in the snow. He tells the story to John Ruth and to the uh, Warren that he is the new sheriff of Red Rock. So bring me in. Right? I, I yeah, I love the way this all comes together because the first two guys know each other. Right. And then yeah. Mannix comes along. He's like, well, you got to take me in because I'm the one that's going to pay you. Yeah. And I, I like when he gets into the cash. He's like, y'all having a bounty hunter picnic? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, we also should mention this is another movie with chapter titles. Yep. Yeah. Five, five, no, six. Six. Six chapter titles. Yeah. And if I'm correct, the same font. As Inglorious Bastards, it all looks very uniform. I think he keeps the same font yeah. moving throughout his his movies. It looks yeah. good. It, yeah, no, it's fine. It works. Yeah. It works. Not, I think I there's mean, five. I, in this. I mean, if you're watching a movie and the titles are awesome, it's like that. You know, it's like eh, I kind of want the movie to be awesome. Oh, no, it is. Right. It is six. <laughs> I got them all here. Uh, so what we just described was Chapter One, Last Stage to Red Rock. All right. So then we have uh, who, who's next on the cast list again? Well, let's just put it this way: Oswaldo Mowbray, Tim Roth's character. Joe Gage, Michael Madsen's character, Smithers, not Mr. Burns Smithers, the other Smithers, uh, Bruce Stern's character, they're and already Bob. and Bob and Mexican Bob, Senior Bob, Senior Bob are already at the haberdashery. Yeah, and right, Bob is claiming that Sweet Dave and uh, Minnie have left to visit Minnie's mother over the mountain. Right, and he is watching the haberdashery. Mowbray is the hangman who is traveling to Red Rock to hang Daisy Domergue. Yep. And Joe Gage is just a cowboy going home to see his mother for Christmas. Right. He's a cow puncher. We don't know nothing about Smithers other than that he is a, uh, like you said, a very racist uh, Southern <laughs> general in the Civil War who is just there. No, he's there to go get his son. Right. I'm, you're right. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm sorry. He's going to get his son's body. Yes. Okay. Uh, and then who else do we have left? We have... From there, we have, you know, we end up having like the Zoe Bell character and Sweet Dave. We meet them right, later. We meet in the all movie, them later. In the, and we find out, and we'll get to it. We find out what ended up happening. Chapter with three. Them. Now, right? I, yeah. you can't yeah. not. Or no, chapter five, four passengers. Well, I got it all here. Yeah. So, uh, well, Sorry. so what did we saw? You already said chapter chapter one and chapter two. Uh, so we meet Chris Mannix. Yep. And chapter three is when, when they're they all there. at Minnie's haberdashery. Yep. Right. That is a great word. Haberdashery. Yeah. 
Yeah. It's not used enough. No. Well, enough. It's think, not used at all. You want to open one up? Yeah. Yeah, we got we to gotta open up a haberdashery. We can if you want. All right. You know what I liked about this haberdashery? Pinecomics haberdashery. <laughs> nice. <laughs> if Pinecomics opens a haberdashery and, or on the QT, if we open one together... Um, jelly beans on sale all the time. Oh, yeah. Oh, those, yeah, yeah. those candy sticks. Yeah, those yeah. peppermint yeah. sticks. Five yeah. for a nickel. That is a fucking deal. Yeah. And they were not small. No. They were not small at all. The worst part about it is, is he uh, Joe Gage buys those. He broke them. And yeah. He, he, break, he throws them to the floor. Jerk. Mm. You just spend a nickel on that stuff. I understand that you now can just take whatever you want, but like, take care of your candy, dude. This is the 1800s. You could starve at any minute. <laughs> he got himself a handful of peanuts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. So these characters all come together. And at first it is essentially just John Ruth comes in and tells everybody, this is my, uh, this is my bounty. I'm bringing her in 10 grand, 10 grand. He makes a deal with Warren. I'll protect your assets. You protect mine. We watch each other's backs. Right. Goes in such a douchebag. He just (laughs) immediately becomes the mayor of this haberdashery. Right. And he disarms everybody. Everyone. Alpha male. He's an alpha male. Yeah. Field 18, whatever, 70, whatever this is, you know, this is the wild, wild west. This is a time where you wake up one morning, you, you're dead by, by fucking supper. Yeah. Are you giving some dude your gun? Just giving it to him? Uh, I, I well, don't know. I mean, with his reputation, I would. I mean, he, he was right to do that because he didn't trust it. No, I, I yeah. get it. I get it. He didn't trust anybody, but. I don't know, man. I just, I, he's such an overbearing character. Yeah. But I mean, he knows that he's got somebody that somebody, he's got Daisy who is, you know, people want to get, and he knows that he's, you know, he needs to be, it, it, he's a bounty hunter. doesn't like to kick the killer. He wants to keep him alive. So in that business, he knows that, you know, people are going to come after him. So he's just extra cautious. He realizes, yeah, yeah. you're right. He realizes that people can bring her in dead just as easily as yeah. he can bring her more easily than he can bring her in her life. He's even like, yeah, he was even, um, suspicious of uh marquis because he's he you know he brings him in dead so he might just kill him kill right. her and bring in the the bounty himself now at one point during this whole thing daisy asked if she could be uncuffed she, well she's uncuffed to eat and then she asked if she could play guitar <laughs> the, the story yeah. of the guitar is very interesting yeah so uh kurt russell or i'm sorry john ruth says yes you could play the guitar he gives her a little bit of a break she plays this wonderful ballad, right? I love the song. Yeah, uh, she's a good singer. What is it? It's it's the uh, ballad of John and the Botany Bay. I think is what it's called. Yeah. Um, she's making fun of him. She makes fun of him, and at the end, she basically says, "You're going to end up dead." So Kurt Russell, the uh, this is actually a Kurt Russell thing. Yeah. Kurt Russell in the movie as John Ruth is supposed to go and grab the guitar and smash it, right? Which which this guy would do because he's you know he's already smacked her around quite a bit. He's going to smash th- the guitar. This was a priceless guitar on loan from the Martin Guitar Museum. Mm-hmm. The Martin Guitar Museum lent the uh, production of this guitar $40,000 value, but priceless, essentially, because it's, you know, it was made in 1865 or something. And Kurt Russell, there was a miscommunication. Kurt Russell didn't realize that he was supposed to wait till a switch out to smash the guitar. They had six replicas made. He smashes the fuck out of the original guitar. Uh, yeah. It was like 60000 right? Or 70000 yeah. or something like that. Yeah. The next thing I read uh, about this whole thing, I didn't really read much about like, you know, whether how bad he felt or whatnot. But in the, the thing I read, it said the Martin Guitar Museum decided immediately afterwards never to lend out guitars never. to film <laughs> productions again. And if you watch that scene, um, Jennifer Jason Lee's reaction is real. Yeah, it's a real reaction. I, yeah. I didn't notice it watching it the other day but then yeah. i read it afterwards i've got to go back and check it out yeah, yeah, yeah. it says that she really like kind of looks freaked out yeah because she knows he's, he's about to smash the real guitar yeah <laughs> but you know what kurt russell's a fucking rock star he smashes the shit out of that guitar tarantino probably loved it he's yeah. really like yes oh i'm sure, I'm sure. he knows <laughs> yep all right now i'm answer i got a question for you 
Because around this time, there's a scene where all of our characters eat. Were you with me? That stew looked fucking good, didn't it? <laughs> yeah, the mini stew looks delicious. Mini stew looks yeah. fucking great. Now, I get it. In 1870, you got to eat with a fucking with like a soup spoon. They're all eating yeah, like with wooden, wooden spoons. Wooden, yeah. But I'll be honest. There's a lot of scenes, in, in, in especially in like Westerns, where you see food being eaten, and you're like, no, no way. No. I'm telling like you, ravenous. I'm, the ravenous scene it, oh, was disgusting. Yeah, with the, with the, it was probably horse meat or something. Yeah, I'm telling you right now. I'm down. Well, I know you're a, you're a vegetarian. I but am. Would you be down with mini stew if it was uh, if you were not? If it was meatless. Yeah. Yeah. No. Absolutely. It very good. It very would good. you Would you go to a restaurant that served it like that? Like it was like the old style. Hell yeah. Bowl? Yeah. Yeah. Hell like yeah. 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 Just just dip it right in there. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. I got no there was no there was no bread right there. Should, was there? Bread? I didn't see any bread. Yeah. No it was bread. Just but you needed you needed some rolls there. You know, Kurt Russell got lots of stew in that. <laughs> oh, certainly. Yeah. Certainly. And, and they, they have also, a whole meal right out of there. Yep. Yeah. They also drank coffee with their food, and I, I'm just not into that. Yeah, I don't, I don't think yeah. that. I get in 1870, that's probably your, your beverage of choice, but like, you know, maybe a water or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so the characters start to like mix and match and talk, and we, that's all this movie really is. It's just these characters and their personal interactions with each other. Which is fine because that's what drives this thing. Yeah. But then we kind of start getting to the to the thread being undone and we find out Ooh. little and bigger things. Mm-hmm. Marquis Warren and Smithers Lloyd, what is the what is the the contention and the secret there? Well, there is a major contention because um well Marquis Warren claims to have killed uh Smithers' son. And the story he goes on to relay um is pretty brutal. I mean, he strips the guy naked and makes him, you know, go, what, two hours in the snow in the middle of Wyoming, buck naked. Yep. And the guy's just asking for a blanket. And, you know, he says, well, I'll get you your blanket, but, you know, you got to take my Black Johnson in your mouth. <laughs> yeah. And basically he just goes on and on and on describing this to that supposed man's father. Now, the part of the reason is because Smithers is an ex-Confederate general. Yeah. And he's known for particular brutality against captured uh, northern African soldiers, not giving them, you know, not imprisoning them, just killing them. Warren knows this. Correct. Yeah. And before Warren tells his story, what does he lay out in front field? Oh, he, puts, he, he, put, he, he knew he was going to kill him as soon as he was going to. He walked over there and put the gun in front of him. Yeah. And then he and I mean, you don't. I mean, I, I mean, I don't care either way. I mean, if, if that's how the story went, but you know, he was just saying stuff to get them all angry. Well, that was, oh, my, God. I, I have that question. Yeah. So I read that this was based on a scene in a movie called No Name on the Bullet. Okay. And I tried very hard to watch it or, or find a clip of this and I couldn't find it. Uh, but in that movie, a 1959 movie, uh, there's a, an actor, John Kent, is telling an old man about what he did to his daughter in order to make him grab his gun. Mm-hmm. Which is the exact same thing. Yeah, so, I right. think he's telling it was, him. It was based on yeah, that scene. He's baiting him to pull yeah. his weapons because he wants to kill him. Because because his son, I mean, he talks about how he's up in Montana and people keep coming up there trying to get him. So he keeps killing right. him. Right. Yeah. You know, sending him back in a body bag. Right. Right. So I actually had that question for both of you. Do either one of you believe that his story is true? Uh, Other than killing him, which he did. I, I, I think, I, I mean,. I'm fine either way if it is true, but I don't think he, I mean, marching him out naked and stuff like that, probably yeah. him sucking him off now. Probably yeah. not. He probably just kept going to see how far he wants him to pick up the gun. Right. Yeah. yeah. So you feel the same way? No, I don't think it's true. I think he had a blast uh, just saying it to the guy just to see his reaction. Yeah. Yeah. I felt like as I was watching this, I felt like in 1870, that would be a very brave thing to 
even admit to in, in a room full of a bunch of guys. Yeah. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like that. I, I, there were some homosexual acts going on that I forced him to do. I'm thinking this wouldn't, I get what you're doing. Yeah. And I think everybody in the room got what he was doing. Yeah. Right. Because you probably in 1870 would never admit that. That's about power though. That's not about homosexuality. No, yeah. No. Yeah. I, I get that. Yeah. I get that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, okay. I, I, I was curious where you were at because I didn't believe any of that. Stuff. I didn't believe it. No, but I did believe marching him through the snow and humiliating him and all that stuff yeah. for absolute sure. So he shoots Smithers, kills him dead, and uh, and now one down and, you know, everybody else to go. And it's starting to become more and more clear. There's all these lines, right? Because Mannix is a southern soldier, right? Yeah. And he is on Smithers' side. He's so excited to meet Smithers. Mm-hmm. He, you know, he's dropping. And he already has something against Warren. He has something against Warren. He's, yeah. He, you know, he's dropping the N-bomb every two words in the beginning of this movie. And now, as soon as Smithers dies, it's like he just he takes his jacket and puts it on, and it's almost like you know, like a, a sign of pride for him now that he doesn't even really care that the guy's dead. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, and and then we just start getting further and further down the rabbit hole until all of a sudden we get the coffee scene, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> Which that, what a fantastic like sudden! I remember the first time I saw this. Not expecting that at all. Right. right. Because it begins with a geyser of fucking of, <laughs> of, of blood vomit yeah. from Kurt Russell's mouth. Kurt Russell and Obi take a big swig of the coffee. Poor Obi. Yeah. Obi does nothing to deserve He has it, to die. He ha- everyone has to die. So yeah. he has to die. Yeah. Well, yeah. so this is where I guess, uh, is this where the, the narrator comes in? Well, Tom goes by the secret. A little further. No, you're right. Because okay. he starts off the... Uh, oh, Daisy plays the guitar. Right. And he's like, but no, he talks about how Domergu's got a secret about, well, yeah. everyone was watching Smithers and, and Marquis and all that stuff. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think everybody, I think the two of them are dead before it goes to that part. Okay. You're probably right. I think Kurt Russell dies and then they kind of go back and show you how the coffee was poisoned. No. No? It's because it's, it's, a, it's a ticking time bomb because you know they drank the coffee. You know that they're going over there. And right. That's right. Right, yeah. right, right. You're absolutely and then, right. And then, yeah, so you know that, oh, he's going to drink it and Mannix has it and he almost drinks it. Okay. Yeah. Daisy is not afraid to just start, like, jawing at him mm-hmm. because she knows in about two minutes' time his his, <laughs> his lower intestine's going to fucking explode, yeah. which it does. Um, but I'll give I'll give John Ruth credit, man. He's dying. He's taking her with him because he gets her. <laughs> he gets her on the ground. And he beats her front teeth out. He yeah. does before he eventually. Uh, how does he? Does he get shot? I can't remember now. Or does he just slump over and die? No, he just dies. Yeah, right? he just dies. Yeah, he drops. Ob drops, and now all of a sudden we're in this situation where it's a murder mystery, and nobody trusts each other. But somehow Mannix and Warren. Realized that they're the only two that could trust each other because right. Warren saw that Mannix was just about to drink, drink the coffee, coffee as well. Yep, yep. yep. So he didn't know that so the he coffee trusted was, him. So he trusts him. Uh, back think, to your question, yeah. though, uh, he did slump over and not quite dead. Uh, Daisy took his gun and shot him. She does shoot him, right? Yes, after okay. he slumps over. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. I like when they line him up on the wall after and Mannix is just so yeah, he's so into Joe Gage. He's so <laughs> I think it's that ugly son of a bitch, Joe Gage. Yeah, he does have a real problem with Joe Gage. I think like. he I think he secretly has a crush on him. It might be. Yeah. It might be. <laughs> they, they, nobody said it, but the mountain they're on was actually broke back mountain. Yeah. <laughs> I can't quit you, Joe Gage. <laughs> uh, so these two characters are Essentially, they have everybody else up against the wall, and we're going to find out what happened. Did either of you notice that they tell everybody to turn around, put their hands on the wall, don't turn around? The four guys turn around 18 times. Yeah. Nobody shoots them. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. At one point, they're freely, fully around. I'm like, 
shoot him. <laughs> you, you said not to do that, to shoot him. So we, we start with, now we have who against the wall? Bob, Oswaldo Mowbray, uh, and Joe Gage. Joe Gage. The three guys. I'm yeah. Sorry. Who are these three guys really? Mike. Well, they're part of the gang that's there to get Daisy, uh, her brother, Jody. Uh, you know, we find out. We, I think it's the next chapter. So yeah. That's, against so the that's where we see the whole flashback scene of, of their arrival and what they did there. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So That's Jody's gang is there to free to free her, right. which is something that uh, John Ruth had said earlier in the movie. Yeah, he said, "Yeah, you know, they'll you, come after you. Her. People are probably working, you know, with her. Yeah, and uh, you know, and nobody they just kind of let it go because they think he's being paranoid." <laughs> <laughs> we find out in a very interesting way where Jody is. He is uh, hiding under the floorboards, I guess, listening and waiting for his moment. And his moment, what does he do in his moment? Well, he dies, but no, he, pop, <laughs> he pops out. Uh, he, oh no, I've, excuse me. He shoots the shotgun. Through the, yeah. He shoots Marquis, right. uh, through the, through the floor and it gets him right in the unfortunate part of the, uh, another, another crotch shot, but then he doesn't shoot. He shoots him like once or twice and then he doesn't keep shooting. Yeah. Right. And he stays down there. Yeah. And then he's down there. He never pops out. Yeah. I well, I think yeah. he's, I think he's not sure what Mannix is going to do. Right. You know, he's, he, he knows that Mannix still has the gun on. Him. Okay. But here's yeah. the thing, but here's the other thing. They had guns stashed all across they did. the right. room. Right. So right under the table. Right. right. There they well. did. Yeah. And they don't ever go to that until the very end with Joe Gage. But you know, there were guns there. So wouldn't he suspect that they'd go for the guns? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you're right. Well, no one ever said they were smart. <laughs> this is true. No one ever said they were smart. This now, is at true. this point, has yeah, because he did it before he got shot. Uh, Warren does kill Bob because he ascertains that Bob, There's first of all, he knows that there's no way Bob is right. running the haberdashery right. because Minnie had a sign up on the wall. I love this line. <laughs> Essentially, he tells him the sign said two things. No dogs and no Mexicans. And he goes, and I know this because I've been coming here for years. And two years ago, she took that sign down because she let a dog yeah, in. Yeah, 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 you know, yeah, you know why? You started letting dogs in. Yeah, and then he fucking kills Bob the Mexican. Yeah. Well, that's not the only reason, too. It's because of the whole hat policy. The hat policy, yeah. the stew, mini yeah. stew, because everybody it's still hot. tastes the yeah, same. Right. Yes. The, yeah. the whole thing about the how someone's stew tastes exactly he didn't the same. Know, yeah. He didn't know how to do the horses and feed exactly. the horses. And There's like a that. lot of reasons. Yeah. 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 Yeah, so he takes him out. We have Joe Gage and Mowbray left over. Uh, Warren shot in the balls. He's laying on a bed. There's a bed in the middle of this place. Yeah, which well, is very yeah, because that's there. All yeah, haberdasheries have a bed in the middle. Of course, where Sweet well, Dave sleeps. I, I, I guess in my head, I mean, is there an upstairs <laughs> to this place? Is there? Is, are there any rooms? I didn't notice. Yeah, there's a loft somewhere. You, you got to get to it by a ladder. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then we flash back at this point. So we know the situation we're in now, right? It's Mannix and it's uh, it's Warren against these other guys and Daisy. Daisy tells them that the rest of my brother's gang is coming, right? Fifteen men at Red 15 Rock. Fifteen men strong at Red Rock, and they're gonna they're gonna save yep. me. Okay. Mm-hmm. There's a there's a little standoff, not a Mexican standoff. Nope. No. But there's a two man standoff in uh, between Mannix and, and um, Oswaldo. Yeah. They shoot each other. He yep. shoots Oswaldo in the gut, which is a callback to uh, Reservoir Dogs. Yep. Right. When Tim Roth is on the ground moaning, <laughs> mm-hmm. he's uh, dying here, Marvin. <laughs> um, <laughs> And uh, I think Mannix gets it in like the hip or the leg. Yeah, the leg or something. Yeah. So uh, people are wounded. Uh, Daisy's front teeth are fucking knocked the fuck out. Uh, Joe Gage is the only one that's um, hasn't been shot at all by this point. Also, interesting point of this movie: Joe Gage is the only character that never not, drops the N word. Not to say the N word. He's the only character that's yeah. not say the N word in this movie. Only major character. Yeah. Good for you, Joe Gage. Yeah. Because good, we good got on you. We got enough of it through this movie. Again, we kind well, of it's discussed. The, it's the time period. It's the time period. You, you but can't. Like, it's. It's. I don't. I don't think it's. I mean. I don't think it. Are you saying it's gratuitous? 
<sighs> we talked about it's this. Po- I think it, I, get you. I think yeah. it went over the line. It it's wasn't post, like it's super civil war though. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that, you got a lot of anger and hatred both ways. I mean, it didn't. I didn't think it was gratuitous. I mean, there's. I mean, it's said by bad people like Jody, not Jody. Um, Daisy uses it, but she's using it because she's just trying to, you know, right. She's, yeah, no, no, yeah. I, she's trying to I incite some I reaction. Yeah. We brought it up a few times on, on the QT. Yeah, I gotcha. And I, yeah. I certainly agree with you to an extent where I think, um, I think you know, it's, it's the characters he's writing and it makes sense, especially in the time period. This movie has, I think like a quarter of what Django had in it, yeah. which is amazing. You know, that, that's right. crazy because they say it a ton in this movie, like in Pulp Fiction, when he's the one saying it himself, you know what I mean? Like when yeah. he's telling the story, when he's telling the story. And yeah. yeah I, I, I don't know. I don't know if I believe modern, that. modern times, modern times, but talking to Jules, I don't know if Jules would be okay with me as his white friend, just dropping but the N word again, that that's, you'd have to sit down and be like, okay, well, what's the relationship between those two characters? Are they friendly like that? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I, I think if it's within the characters, I mean, I don't run around saying it because it's, yeah. it's inappropriate and I don't believe in that. But if, it, if it's within the character framework, I'm, I'm OK with it. I mean, I'm, t- I'm being told a story and I'm being told a st- in this, I'm being told a story that's post-Civil War. And that's, you know, there's a lot. It didn't just just because the Civil War ended didn't mean that. You oh, know, no, you know no. what I mean? I get that. Yeah. yeah so, I get that. yeah, no, I mean. And it's called the hateful eight. There's no good people here. Yeah, no good people died in the the chapter five. Uh, four passengers when Minnie got shot. I think Minnie. Well, yeah. no, Minnie was racist too. No Mexicans. Well, yeah, yeah. So That's maybe true. Zoe Bell's character was was not racist. Who knows? Zoe Bell was her six six horse Judy. She's yeah, like six horse she, was, Judy. she was all like happy go lucky. Yeah, yeah. she's in like a, well, she's almost like in a musical, but no one else is exactly. <laughs> She's always like that, though. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Her and the yeah. poor, like, stable guy that gets killed in the shit. Yeah, house. Charlie. Oh, yeah. Charlie. It's like, the, come on. There was go. supposed to be more with him. Like, he was supposed to, his death was supposed to be, like, really bad. Like, it was, like, really violent and bloody, but they just couldn't do it or they didn't yeah. want to do it or something like I, I think that. In the original, I don't think he needed it. I think in the original script, he was also a kid. Like, I, you're like a right. 12 year old yeah, kid or yeah, something yeah, like that. Okay. Yeah. yeah. All right. So we, we hop back and we then go to see how everything started, right? We see Mowbray, Jody, who is the brother of Daisy, uh, Grouch Douglas, who we know as uh, son of a bitch, Joe Gage, Joe Joe Gage. Gage. <laughs> and, uh, and Mexican Bob show up at the haberdashery. Uh, they pretend just to be some weary travelers. They they this is the day before they run into uh, Sweet Dave and Smithers just happens to be there. Right. They're playing chess. Right. 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 He won't leave. He won't leave. He won't leave the place. And in a weird plot development, they think he'll. Help him help make it look more authentic. Right. In my mind, they kill him and throw him in the well. But I get it. Like they're kind of saying they, they say it out loud. They're like, leave him. He makes it look it's, real. It's weird, though, because you don't I mean, those situations like when you just you, after the gunfight, you're just kind of like, OK, uh, you're not really in the moment. So it's kind of like you do have to make a decision like yeah. what you're going to do with him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they leave him to live. They uh, six gun Ju- or uh, six horse Judy, the Zoe Bell character and Charlie. This is the real crew of Minnie's haberdashery. And oh, and there's a young girl who uh, who works there picking chicken. Oh yeah, and, with the and, with and the, the jelly, beans. jelly beans. Yeah. And we see, you know, them kind of walking around making nice conversation, getting warm, buying candy. 
they're giving each other some like real, you know, testy looks, touching their guns on their hips. Like there's always Westerns. They're always doing this. With yeah. Gun, you know? and, and you know, oh, something. what's great is that, you know, something's going to happen. Yeah. Oh, you yeah. don't know when and how. And you're like, oh, and you feel bad because you, you're in the two minutes. These poor people, you know, yeah. like you said, you said uh, uh, Six Gun Judy is like out of a musical yeah. or not Six Gun, Six Horse. She's she's vibrant. Yeah. You know, the young girls, obviously a young girl. And she's grabbing onto us when he shoots her the first time. And yeah. then she's like, reaching for him. Yeah. yeah. Joe they, Gage is a hard ass. Yeah. They murder the fuck out of these people. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They right the out of the blue. People. I do like going back too. I do like the fact you get a little bit of uh, a detective quality from Warren because he sees the jelly bean on the ground. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He notices that he right notices away. It. Warren is the smartest guy. He's putting all the pieces together. He's putting everything together. He, you know, he's already noticed that Mexican Bob is not great at yeah. manning the horses yep. and the stew is too on point. He knows something's happening. Even the door being kicked in. Why is the door kicked in? Why is yep. the door kicked in? And he's in? taking his time. He's like, he's got to figure it out. Yeah. So, uh, so we find out that essentially they're going to um, wait for the stage coach with John Ruth to come Kill him, yep. right? Or yep. take take Daisy. Warren shows up. Chris Manning shows up. Yeah, I was up. gonna say the other the other people and the stagecoach probably threw them too. They, they yeah. threw them. They were yeah. not supposed to be there at all. Uh, Jody. Jody hides down uh, under the floorboard. He waits there an awful long time too. I just don't know. I don't know, Mike. Why? Didn't they just like ambush John Ruth? Did they say it in the movie? It just seems like it would have just been as easy to hide behind some stuff. John Ruth walks in, you shoot him in the fucking head and take Daisy. I think because you wouldn't have a movie. One, yes, <laughs> but also I think they didn't know. Uh, you know, because remember John's shackled to Daisy, so they didn't know if they could if he pops up and they they ambush. Ruth could just turn around and shoot Daisy. Right. They're worried about her. Yeah, right. You want to know where all the pieces are. Yeah. It's right. like a chess game. So. so, yeah. And then like, did you read how Jody dies and like originally? So, you know, he gets shot. In the I head did read the, yeah. it. It was different. I didn't read how he dies. So I guess, um, in this one, which is funny when it, cause you can tell too. I mean, if you've seen a lot of movies, you, when they change, when the shot goes back to him and it's like a different shot, like, so they cut to his close up and he looks at Daisy and he's like, Hey, how you doing? And like, Oh, Hey, now happy to see your face. And it cuts back to Jody and the shot's completely different. And you're like, okay. Oh, and then that back of his head blows off cause yeah. he shoots him. Well, I guess initially he just gets shot initially at either in the gut or the chest falls down there. And then like all the rats under the haberdashery eat him alive. Like oh. that was like initially what, what it was. That would have been a little too, that would have <laughs> okay. been too extreme, but like, that was the other thing. It's like, you didn't set up the rats. Like, no, so, you didn't. Yeah. So. yeah. It would have been too extreme for this movie too. Yeah. yeah. This isn't Lake Placid. This is fucking, this is on this. So, all right. So we, then we jump back. Now we know what happened to those people. We jump back uh, to the very end of this film. Uh, we didn't bring it up, but we should bring it up. Um, one of the things that has gotten Marquis Warren through the white world of post-Civil oh, right. War uh, America is the fact that he has a letter of correspondence <laughs> from Abraham Lincoln. You have a Lincoln letter? He has a Lincoln they letter. They were pen pals. <laughs> and they were supposedly pen pals. And he brings it up a few times. John Ruth is literally uh, starstruck by this, yes. by this letter to the point that when halfway through the movie, when Warren admits that it's fake, yeah. John Ruth is not only butthurt, but he admits his feelings are hurt because yeah, he was so oh, yeah. he was so into yeah. the idea of this like, letter. You violated my trust. Right. You violated my trust. You screwed me over. Did you think that him revealing that it was not a real letter, like he did it so it was like just so quick? You know what I mean? He didn't fight it. He didn't really Well, the jig and, was up. Yeah, but like just because Manic says it, I'm I I am i am okay with it. I you know, I, yeah, uh, I, I guess it makes sense. Yeah, I guess I guess what you're saying makes sense. He does give it up quickly. Um But it's fine. It's for the story. Yeah. 
there's a part of me that kind of wishes at the end he would have said it was real after all, but he doesn't. Uh, but we get these two characters that uh, Mannix and, and Warren, who are now this really unlikely pair together. Oswaldo Mulberry, Pete Hickox is dying, uh, you know, over in the corner. Joe Gage is still alive at this point, but he sits down. He tries to get a gun. There's they, a gun they, under they, the there's table. There's a gun that right. was, was stashed. Yeah. He tries to get it. And, in, a weird, uh, in a weird kick out way. Yeah. Yeah. He does. He does do a kind of like what like, jumps out from behind. Yeah. The, it's a weird. Yeah. yeah. And Chris Mannix, uh, who obviously hates him very much, uh, <laughs> kills him. Kills but really him. loves him. He kills him really badly. And uh, and Daisy is just keep jawing about she, she just keeps jawing about how these 15 men are coming. And Mannix and Warren are like, nobody's coming, mm-hmm. but nobody's coming for us either. Right. Mm-hmm. We're going to bleed out here. We're going to die. And the very final act they have is, you know, they decide, well, you know what? Let's let's kill her. Mm-hmm. And I think it's Mannix at first. Right. Who is going to just shoot her. And, yeah, he was. And, well, she was she like hacked off um, John Ruth's arm <clears throat> with a machete. Because they were because they were still chained together. Well, right. yeah, and so she hacked yeah. off his arm, and like you said, Warren, uh, not Warren, Mannix had passed out. And the gun was either maybe on purpose or or I don't know, maybe it was a real. Uh, but he waited till just the right time to actually shoot her to prevent her from killing them. Right. Well, I think I think he passed out because it was. Oh, he was out. out. Well, oh yeah, for yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He but was. I'm out. wondering if he oh, was. Just he waited for to get kind of waiting for the right, right time. Right, right. Yeah. Well, he takes her down and suggests they just kill her. And and Warren says, you know, let's let's honor John Ruth. Yeah, and uh, let's you don't string really, this bitch up. You don't, you well, you don't really know what they're man. talking about. And I, I do, yeah, gotta hang. And I love that cut because they're talking about it, and then the next scene is them uh, with a oh, noose, yeah, fucking yanking her. Up. Yeah, I I I love uh, I love Mannix's line. You only need to hang mean bastards, but mean bastards, you do need to hang. Yeah, and then they cut to that. Yeah. I actually really 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 like Mannix's uh, the character of Mannix and uh, the fact that, you know, yes, he's uh, somebody who, you know, he's from the militia and they're, yeah. they're hunting down uh, uh, black Americans and, and in post-civil war, pre-civil because that was the, whatever the war, but it was the fact that put that aside. It was the fact that he believed in something and that he was anti Daisy and anti her gang because her gang don't, doesn't believe in it. That's right. right. And they're I, right. and I actually, they were for justice. Right. Right. And I actually, actually really like it's that kind of connection that he had to that belief that kind of connects him to Marquis Warren and, right. and his belief, even though they're both on polar opposites. Yep. You know, and they uh, have that bonding moment in right. the end. Yeah. Even with the letter with that the he letter, knows is fake. Yeah. It's, yeah. A, it's really, it's almost, it's lo- See, that's the thing. Like the, the movie itself, there's so much going on in the movie in terms of violence. I forgot that senior Bob's head gets blown off. Uh, oh, yeah. You know, like <laughs> you're going to have, right. have a hard time off. identifying Bob. <laughs> Four bullets, <laughs> yeah. no head. Like all that stuff, like everything, like everything we're talking about is awesome. But like in the midst of it, you're missing like really great character work between Mannix and Marquis, even like Daisy's character, like stuff like that. Even the stuff that Russell's doing with um, uh, John Ruth, like there's a lot of really cool character stuff that when we talked about, like it'd be an awesome stage play. It would, yeah, you it know would, what I mean? Yeah. Like just so much good stuff. There's so much stuff. Like I could, see like when the actors are reading it they're going oh man we have to do this yeah. oh they ate this up you yeah. know they they were just performing well i mean for everybody yeah, on this I mean, it was amazing just getting into a little bit of the minutia of this so so let's just get to the end <clears throat> the end of this movie is that these two guys hang the shit out of daisy to death they mm-hmm. hang her to death they honor uh, uh john ruth's uh final i guess what he would have done and it ends they die you know, or you don't see them die, but you know they're going to die. You know, uh, Marquis' balls have been blown off. He's bleeding to death. And Chris has been shot, you know, enough that he's yep. he's bleeding out. 
but he asked him to read the letter. They yeah, read the I letter. See that letter? And yeah. I got that last line. It, it's a good line. Oh, the Mary Todd? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. He says, uh, Old Mary Todd is calling, so I guess it's time for bed. Yeah. And <laughs> early in the movie, when he reads it the first time, uh, John Ruth like, goes, Mary Todd. Old Mary Todd. <laughs> old Mary Todd. That really gets me. Now, do you think, uh, I think, like you just said, like they dug their, the actors dug their teeth into this. You, you can't ignore the fact that Kurt Russell's doing a John Wayne impersonation through oh, yeah. this movie. Oh, yeah. No, of course. You know, Kurt Russell's doing a John Wayne impersonation through this whole movie. I do have a question because you brought up Mannix. So <clears throat> earlier we talked about... Uh, whether or not Marquis' story was real or not. Chris Mannix. Yeah. Is he the sheriff or not? Yeah, I think he is. Okay. I think he's the sheriff of Red Rock. I, I'm a yes on there. Okay. Yeah. I, that, that, yeah. He, he said he purposely left that as never being answered because he wanted the, you know, the audience. The to ambiguity. There's there. nothing right. in the story, uh, in the, in the story that we're told with Mannix that I ever disbelieve anything that he's saying. He's being genuine. Right. You know, yes, he hunted down, uh, when he, when he talked about, he hunted down all those people like that. He did that, you know, and he was, he is in awe of Smithers and stuff like that. And, and, but he was, a he, maybe he was being a little kind of like shining them on when he should get on the stage coach. But no, I, be, I believe him. Okay. I agree. I'm in the same boat. All right, Manster, let's go to a box office. Let's find out what happened around this time. And then we'll talk about Tarantinoisms and then we'll rate this thing. You want some BO, huh? Yeah, right. I love BO. <laughs> right. Uh, let's just say start. Uh, this had a $44 million budget. Opening weekend made $4.6 million, made $54 million domestic and $155.7 worldwide. The Christmas movie. Yeah. So Christmas weekend. A bunch of movies came out that weekend. I probably worked this. So <laughs> you definitely worked the Hateful Eight that that year, uh, 2015, came in uh, out of all the number one movies fifth. So above that was Point Break, Ugh. and uh, Concussion, Joy, and Daddy's Home. Yep, all those were number one uh, first week movies. Uh, the number one release of that weekend was Star Wars Episode Seven: The Force Awakens. <laughs> Haven't heard of it. Wet fart. <laughs> uh, and I'm going to give you the year now. Uh, so that came in fiftieth that year. Yeah, it was released with three days left. Well, they count all that, don't they? All the stuff in 2016. Oh, do they count it in 2016 too? Oh, yeah. Okay, I'm going by year the re- released in that year, and this is worldwide numbers, by the way. Okay. Um, so behind that worldwide, just to give you some uh, perspective, Chappie. It beat Chappie. Never saw Chappie. Charity. Never saw Chappie. Bad. Yeah, Chappie came in at 102 million that year. Oh, is that the the Neil Neil yeah, the robot? Yeah. I saw that. Uh, 56. Was, <laughs> that wasn't that wasn't a uh... short circuit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Point Break, 133. So it beat the remake of Point Break. Thank God. Have you seen that? I did see that. Hmm. Yeah. No, I, I no. prefer the first one. Yeah. All right. So that year, number 10, The Martian, 630 million. I like that movie. Number nine, The Hunger Games, Mockingjay Part 2. Pass. <laughs> number yeah, eight, Mission Impossible, Rogue Nation. Yes. Number seven, Inside Out. Oh, that's a good one. I love that movie. Yeah. Number six, I haven't seen it and I'm never going to see it, uh, Spectre. Really? Yeah. Totally skippable. Yeah. Well, well I mean, I like Bond, so I'm going to watch it if it's Bond. Yeah. Uh, number five, Minions, yeah. $1.1 billion. I saw it, unfortunately. Nope. It's a kid's movie. Uh, number four, I think you'll be upset with this, 
Avengers Age of Ultron. Oh, I'm upset by it. It's just not a good movie. It's a se- yeah, but it's a sequel to a very popular film. Oh, absolutely. It's always going to do business. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, number three, Furious 7. Is that the one after he passed? Yeah. I have I no idea. That was, I've never seen him. That was, if that's the one I'm thinking of after Paul Walker passed, that was always busy at the theater. Like, it would be like, people would still be coming in. It'd be like 1030 show, 11 well, you know o'clock why? show. People love family. <laughs> yeah but that always oh, and but the next one after that wasn't as busy but that one was super busy number two jurassic world mm, i liked it when it was jurassic park yeah, yeah i liked the first jurassic world the second one was one of the worst movies i've seen in the theaters in the last like five years so i fucking hated that I, movie that was the worst i hated Absolute that so worst. I, not that i want to get you to the theater to watch fast and the furious uh in imax but i guess there was a we watched a five minute short about how like the um the mosquito biting the uh it had like this whole animated thing was in and back in the cretaceous period or wherever it was and bit the uh dinosaur in the amber and it just shows you like back then like all the right. just kind of like all the special effects that they're using it had nothing to do with jurassic world didn't show any trailers for jurassic world the new one but it was just showing us like that stuff I, i'm still interested in jurassic world it's just i don't think i could see it in the theater after that last one no was, I, hate, I honestly terrible. hated that fucking movie. I brought my whole family to that. I truly don't really so much hate money. movies. I was so irritated at that movie. They're like me. I need to release them. <laughs> the whole reason she's a clone is just to push that you button. Oh my fucking God. clone human. Just to push the button. That's the only reason so she stupid. has that. that she's a, I know. didn't hate that movie for the first half when they were on the island. I thought, okay, this is more yeah. of the same, but whatever. Once they get to the compound, and it's the you know it's the black you know black ops oh, like selling, selling of them, the, yeah. yeah, yeah. Just get me out of this movie. Exactly. I take it. I take it back. There was clips from Jurassic World in terms of them, uh, all the all the oh sorry, all the monsters and the excuse me, all the dinosaurs on like land, and they're like, trying to hunt them down and stuff like that, and the raptors running through the through the uh, fields and stuff like that. So there was stuff in Jurassic World on there. So yeah, I apologize. Right. Yeah, number one, we already mentioned Star Wars Episode Seven, The Force Awakens. Two, two of course, billion. Two billion? Yeah. Worldwide? Worldwide. Nice. Wow. A monster. All right. So, or a dinosaur. <laughs> oh, zing. <laughs> yeah. All right. Tarantinoisms, Manster. What do we have? Oh, you know I am. <laughs> that didn't make sense grammatically. What? <laughs> uh, no, they say that a lot. Uh, Tarantinoisms. All right. So, the, the, the chapter... Uh, you know, title chapter, trademark kind of thing. Uh, the trunk scene. A lot of these I had to really look for. All right. So trunk scene, when when um, Michael Madsen opens the door to kill Charlie, Charlie's perspective is looking up out of a yeah, trunk. Yeah, I read that. Mm-hmm. Uh, the corpse POV scene, which is basically the same thing. Uh, when Zoe Bell is down on the ground dead, uh, looking up at mm-hmm. Madsen. Uh, hey, oh- Minnie. A long take. So when Daisy uh, Damaru is playing the guitar, that's all done in one shot, that whole song and everything. Mm -hmm. The car scene, obviously, stagecoach ride to minis. Um, And then we got the men shot in the crotch. Got a, yeah, I think this is the third or fourth balls being shot off. Mm-hmm. At least the Django shoots off uh, uh, Chris or not Chris. Man- yeah, and then you had Inglorious Bastards. Inglorious Bastards. So third at least. Yeah. Yep. Uh, no bare feet. All feet were covered in this movie, but really, yeah, mm, yeah. All right, uh, Red Apple, uh, tobacco, Manzana. Yep. yep, yep. And we mentioned this before, but it bears repeating here. Uh, Tim Ross character Pete Hickox is Archie Hickox's great great grandfather. Yeah, from Glorious I Bastards. saw that. Yeah. Yes, yep. Uh, also, again, Tim Roth uh, shot in the stomach and bleeding out in a confined space, just like in Reservoir Dogs. 
Uh, one of the things about being shot in the crotch, uh, you may not have caught this, uh, but Jody says, say adios to your huevos. huevos yeah. yeah. Uh, which is basically say goodbye to your balls, which is what uh, Stiglitz says in German uh, in Unglorious Bastards. And that's it. Ooh, uh, that was the, all I could find. I got some. What, oh, what else right. you got? Well, Joe Gage says uh, a bastard's work is never done. Yes. Oh, Unglorious yes, Bastards. yes. Yeah, yeah. I did catch that. Um, Django's jacket is in there. Did you notice that? I, I didn't notice. I read I, that the, his green jacket is on the floor somewhere. Yeah, yeah. 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 And besides the fact that it was the reason he didn't want Django to be in this, because at first it was going to be a Django sequel. Yeah. Then it was going to be a movie that featured Django. Right. But he didn't want anybody to know anybody's, you know, Django's a good guy. Right. You know, he has a good intention. He couldn't make it fit. He couldn't make it fit right. because the whole point is you don't know any of these people's intentions. And then he was going to go back when he was going to make it into a novel. Like we really believe he was going to do that, but when he was going to go do that, it was going to go back to being Django. Right. Right. But do we really believe he was going to do that? He probably had a hissy fit and they were like, no, shut up. We're doing the movie. <laughs> but we all know it's, it all lives in the same universe. So yeah, absolutely. A spiritual well, sequel, well, if you will. Some of these are like movies you would watch, right? And like, they're not all like, they don't all exist in the same plane. Yeah. We talked about it on, right. on the last yeah. episode yeah. that there's different levels of the yeah. Tarantino universe. Yep. Some things are like what actually happens. Some things are the shows or movies. Right. Which Once Upon a Time in Hollywood does a great job of kind of showing you that these things live inside of this thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 All right. Let's rate it. Uh, let's start. I'll start this one off. And uh, when we rate this one, I just I'm curious. Tarantino Westerns. We've had two now, two in a row right. with Django and Hateful Eight. Which one you preferred more? Um, we rated, obviously, Django in the last time. So I'm going to start. I'm going to go Hateful Eight. I think Hateful Eight's an overall better movie. I enjoy it more. Um, I think it's way different. I think Django is, and again, I'm not basing my rating on this. I'm just saying, yeah, I okay. think Django is much more of a. And you rated Django three and three and a half, three point two five, three and two. Yeah, Very, I gave it, I gave it a low score. You guys right. were much higher on that, <laughs> right? You went up on Django. You don't like exploitation? It's yeah, I don't mind exploitation. I just, I don't know, Django just. <sighs> that's what it is. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know. It, it's not. It's not my favorite Tarantino movie. That's for sure. Okay. That's for sure. Mm -hmm. This is more of a murder mystery, who done it, uh, who's doing it, what's happening type movie. You know, uh, like we said, the thing in Reservoir Dogs, a bunch of guys and a girl in a room, and nobody knows who to trust. Mm -hmm. Right. It's not really who done it because nobody done anything. Right. right. There's, yeah. There's not, and there's no murder mystery. Right. I'm just trying to say, like, you know, it's in that ilk of film. Yeah. All right. You know, I got gotcha. um, A bunch of people that don't trust each other. Great dialogue, uh, great performances across the bat. I think the real revelation in this one is Walton Goggins. Yeah. Um, he is fucking fantastic. Kurt Russell, uh, fantastic. You know, Samuel L. Jackson is good in it, but he's pretty much Samuel L. Jackson at this point. I don't think he's any better or worse than he's ever been. But I think people like um, like Goggins and uh, and Russell and, uh, you know, uh, uh, who's the one other one there? Uh, Jennifer Jason Lee. Jennifer Jason Lee. Uh, really put forward a great a great effort in this thing. Uh, I'm going to go. This one's a four and a quarter for me. Mm. I'm going over four on this one. It's a full point better to me than Django. Uh, let's go to Lloyd. We'll end with our boss, obviously, Mike. <laughs> yeah, we got to end with the boss. Now, we know you really enjoyed uh, Django. I think you gave it a four and a half. I gave Django like a four and a half. Just fucking crazy. Um, and I said, uh, uh, I think didn't Mike even went higher than that? Mike uh, Butler gave it a five, I think. He loves Django. Either yeah. a five or a four, seven, five. He gave it a his, very high rating. That's his favorite Tarantino yeah. film. Yeah, that's fucking nuts. Um, <laughs> You're stupid. <laughs> I do Not like, stupid, nuts. <laughs> I do like Django better than this this movie. Um, uh, but this film, it struts around like a masterpiece, but I don't think it's quite a masterpiece. I think it's more of a, it's not like a solid 
marble sculpture. It's more of a plaster, you know, replication of that. Uh, I'm going to still give it a high score because I think it's very good. And I'm going to give it a four. All right. Four. All right. That makes sense. I get I get what you're saying. I think one of the reasons I gave it such a high score is that, like I said, I only saw this once before and I was underwhelmed the first time. Yeah. And that was when it came out. It wasn't on in the theaters. I saw it right when it came out on video. And I don't know what I was expecting at the time, but I was just like, all right, that wasn't bad. Hmm. I really enjoyed it a lot more this time. I don't know. I think I felt more of like the thing influence. Again, uh, Morricone does the score. And there is unused stuff that he scored. Oh yeah, for the we didn't thing. even talk about this Oscar winner. Amazing yeah. score. Yeah, wins yeah. the Oscar for it. And there's unused stuff that he used that he never used in the thing used in this movie. Yeah. There's one scene when um, uh, Ob and um, I can't remember who the other character is. Mannix. Mannix are are yep. are knocking the stakes into the snow. Mm-hmm. It sounds like a boom. Oh yeah, that, that yeah. noise. Yeah. That boom boom. It sounds like it's from the fucking thing. Yeah. I went, that's got to be a piece. Yeah, because it had that heartbeat sound. Had that heartbeat sound. Yeah. John Williams has been doing this Also, for by years. the way, Jennifer yeah. Jason Lee nominated for Best Supporting Actress. Yes. Yep. In for Best Cinematography, Robert Richardson. Yep. Jennifer Jason Lee also won the award for Yellowest Teeth in, yeah. <laughs> in a <laughs> in feature film. Proudest player. Wearer of Blood. Yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> she has no problem with the blood. All right. The boss is here. Mike Field, second to last episode on Come the on QT, now. Forgotten Entertainment. All right. All right. First of all, Django or uh, or Hateful Eight, just out of personal choice. What you- oh, Hateful Eight. Hateful Eight. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, like what? What what are the rating systems here? Oh, it's uh, Pine Pine Comics rules. So that's zero to five, half and quarter scale are optional. Are optional? Yeah, you could yeah. use half and quarter scale. Can I go higher than that or no? Higher than five? Can I no? Can I do like? Because I think gonna, is, what do you want to go seven eight? I want to go like <laughs> four point nine five. We've no, never done that. You cannot no, no, no. do that. Well, I'm the boss. Got to so stick. Right. No, <laughs> boss does not count in this. <laughs> then, I, then I will. I will say five. You're gonna uh, give five. it five. Wow. Um, uh, this since I'm not on the other wow. episodes, this is what I've always said: is that pulp, if Pulp Fiction is one, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is one A, but this is right below that. This is probably like one B. Okay. I really, wow. really okay. like this movie, and probably, and honestly, it's probably because me being a writer, me liking the. the stage aspect of it. Do I just, you think that your experience going to the road show oh no. informs that? That was all? a I no, because that that is a memorable experience going to the theater. I yeah. definitely will always remember that, but I will always remember going to see disturbing behavior in downtown New York City. Right. And it was just like loud and people are screaming and we're just like, yes. Like and, and that's not a that's a that's a guilty pleasure. Well you're a big Nick Stahl fan. Yeah, <laughs> of I course. know. We know that. I mean, I saw Copland and Showcase Fairfield uh, or Fairfield Cinemas, and it was like a print that was like a work print, and they had different music in there. Oh. that was, and it and it had different scenes, and it was like much better. And then when when the movie came out, you're like, this isn't what we watched. And so like, I always remember that. So there's this is definitely one of those memorable times seeing in the movie, and I saw it with like my best friend, so it was kind of like, oh. But no, this is this is a five for me. This is really good. I really like this movie. All right. Sorry. I, I didn't. I mean, did you want me to be critical of it? No, not <laughs> at all. Not at all. And I'm going to check out the Netflix version. I will too. I get nervous when we have you and Butler on because I know you guys, especially on like Forgotten Cinema, you don't rate stuff. No, I know. We do rate stuff and we. Like, I'll do it for you. I'm rating it for you guys. Yeah. It doesn't come down to we're looking just to rate stuff on here, but I do like to know, like in the end, like sure. where does it fall for someone? Right. You can rate you know? my rack. Oh, please. <laughs> T- teenage, teenage. When we used to go, when we've been in the theater, like teenage me, 19 year old, 20 year old, 21 year old, we used to do like lists and top 10 lists. 
this. And it, it got to the point where I'm like, why am I doing this? It's yeah. just like, I like a movie. I don't need to justify it, whether one or two over something else. Like this is back then. So then that, that's why we don't rate them or I don't rate them. Right. You know, but like uh, I, you know, but for you guys, yeah, of course. Well, when Butler was here, not to, not to cause any fight or anything, but fight, when Butler fight. was here, right. he said to us that he wishes that you would be less, more forward thinking and rate, start rating movies on Forgotten Cinema. <laughs> so that was just something he said. I shouldn't have said that out loud. <laughs> tell, everybody, tell everybody where they can find you uh, again, uh, Forgotten Entertainment and all that good stuff. All right. So Forgotten Cinema is part of Forgotten Entertainment and then it's on ForgottenEntertainment.com. You can actually find us at ForgottenCinemaPod.com, which kind of directs you to the site. So it's either there. We're on all the... All of the socials. Well, we're on Instagram and Facebook. Uh, we do have a, we just, I just started a group because, um, I'm, a try- lobby. I'm trying to get off of just posting on the general news feed and just kind of like, Ooh, sorry. That's okay. I think I did that last time. No, it's going to happen. And then I just wanted to like focus where we could just actually talk to have a conversation rather than just, right. like, just bland and post. So yeah, we do have a group now. I think I renamed it forgotten cinemas lobby. So people know it's us. <laughs> All right. How else do we do? Uh, I got the another MCU podcast. Actually, you can go to my. I have a personal website, uh, MichaelDField.com, and I, I don't know if I told you this, but I did a short film. Oh man, we shot. Talk about pandemic. We shot right before we shut down in 2020. So we were we finished shooting in downtown Danbury, and like the next weekend it was like quarantine. So then we we kind of edited throughout, and it's actually in a couple of film festivals. It's going to be at the Bridgeport Film Fest at the end of July. I saw something online. Yeah. yeah. So it's in, it was in a, it was in a festival out in Ohio got like third place in a, in a content and one of the festivals out there. And and it's kind of, it's been submitted to festivals, but like those, I won't know if they're in until like later in the summer. So that's called no Parapo. And that is uh, it was like a nine minute short. It's a horror film, horror short. And you can see that on your website. You can see the trailer on the website. So the trailer is michaeldfield.com. And uh, on the top, I have the name of the, uh, uh, of the short no problem you click on that and it's got stills and it's got the trailer and it's got the poster and stuff like that and i did that with uh people uh, our media out with danbury really cool people alicia and um, Reno. they're really nice and we're actually gonna do another one i don't know if it's gonna be a horror film it's more of a drama but yeah no so i do write and direct other stuff too and butler's always trying to get into them so <laughs> <laughs> he's an actor <laughs> that's what he tells me that's what he says, i'm just kidding mike <laughs> he honestly he's not gonna listen to you this. should let us in before you let him in <laughs> geez that hurts <laughs> oh, he doesn't listen to any of them no, I know. Yeah. I, I'm kidding. He's too busy being on all of them. I tell him all the time. I go, do how do you? I like guys listen to like Business Wars or like some of the other con, uh, podcasts. Like, wonder you listen to a bunch of podcasts. Oh, yeah. I know that. I'm like, oh no, I don't have time. Oh, I don't have time. I don't have time. It's like you're in this business. You're in the industry. That listen to them. You want to see what everyone else is doing. It's, it's a good. It's a good way to kind of. Uh, Sharpen your skills and see what other right. people are doing. Yeah, there's a, yeah, you never know. You might catch something, pick something up yeah. from someone else, just or when even even something as simple as when they put the ads in and right. stuff like that. Yeah, right. So, yeah. All right, Master. What movie are we doing last week for the last week on on the QT? The last one we're doing is Once Upon a Time in Hollywood with next our, week with our friend Mike Simonetta, who is uh, one of the people from ConnecticutCultClassics.com. Check out all the other shows on Forgotten Entertainment. I'm John. I'm Lloyd. See ya. Bye. Bye.